Uh, today on the Callahan podcast, well, we all know what Deshaun Jackson said. Nothing, nothing too offensive. All he did was say, quote, Hitler and say the Jews are trying to dominate the world and quote, Louis Farrakhan. And uh, there was some, some backlash, some condemnation from a couple of NFL players. Nothing, nothing like what happened when Drew Brees said he was going to stand for the anthem. But uh, uh, we were asking the question. What's going to happen to Deshaun Jackson? Sensitivity training, suspension, fine, kicked out of the league. Well, we uh, got a better idea. Or should I say Julian Edelman has a better idea. We will listen to Julian Edelman's reaction to Deshaun Watson's comments. Julian Edelman, probably the highest profile Jewish player in the NFL, has a great idea for Deshaun Jackson. Uh, going forward, we'll uh, we'll hear from Julian Edelman, and we'll hear from Shannon Sharp, who said perhaps the dumbest thing Shannon Sharp's ever said, and that's saying something. And and we'll ask the question: Has W E E I finally hit rock bottom? Turtle Boy's on vacation, but he's going to check in as he uh, fuels up the uh, pontoon boat and gets ready to do some drunk boating. Uh, this is the Callahan Podcast. I'm Jerry Callahan. We are brought to you by DCU, as always, Digital Federal Credit Union. Do you love your car but hate your car payment? No problem. Refinance your car today with DCU, and they could help lower your monthly payment, lower your interest rate, or both. Applying is easy, and the loan experts will help you find the loan term and the payment that fits into your budget. Get out of that high-rate loan and get the interest rate and the payment you deserve from DCU. Learn more and apply today at dcu.org slash refinance. Insured by NCUA membership required. Okay, Kelly, let's do this. This is the Jerry Callahan Podcast. All right, I think the uh, the audience is going to be very excited today. We had a bonus Turtle Boy appearance. Turtle Boy is on vacation. Uh, he told us last week he'll be out of out of pocket this week. He's uh, somewhere up north on a lake, getting ready for his. Uh, pontoon boat his little party on the pontoon boat uh and i think we're getting a preview of things in september and october where turtle boy's trying to do his job and the kids are like wrapped around his his legs and the and you know the wife is screaming and they're trying to you're trying to homeschool the kid and yeah you know the kid's not listening um that's that's going to be your life for the next i'm going to say Three or four years till we get a vaccine, correct? We're going to wait till you get a vaccine. What it sounds like, and I apologize if one of them, these crotch roots kind of comes in here. I apologize. I'm, a, I'm sharing a roommate with a five-year-old. I can't, I can't imagine. I do not have younger. I have older kids. I have a kid who's waiting to go back to college and play football. And we're waiting every day for our idiot governor in Massachusetts to stop pandering to the to the, the the team lockdown to the lockdown lunatics at the Boston Globe. I don't think that's going to happen. But it is. I, I can't imagine the anxiety someone like you, Turtle Boy, or you, Cullinane, has knowing the people who are making the decision on whether you can send your children back to school where they can learn. Uh, I mean, obviously, their your kids go to public schools, right? They can get indoctrinated. For the first time, they're young, so they you don't have to worry about them getting indoctrinated yet. Wait till they get to high school, but you you need to get them back to school. They need to interact with other kids. They need to get out of the house. It is the healthiest thing for them by far. It is much, much, much better for them. And yet, they are the new political pawns. They are the new political pawns in this game to destroy Trump, to bring down Trump, to prop up Biden. Every day, you're sitting there waiting. I assume for the announcement that no, no school. 
They're going to stay home. They're going to have no interaction. They're going to have no, you know, sports, no recess, no gym, no nothing. All because someone like, in at least in Massachusetts, Charlie Baker in New York, Cuomo, you know, Murphy, uh, Gretchen Whitmer, they all are in um, cahoots here. They're all in uh, this on the same team trying to hurt Trump. And if your family gets hurt, if your kids get hurt, so what? They're uh, they're collateral damage. We got more important things to do here. Did uh, did Charlie Parker cry yesterday when he spoke <laughs> about uh, the president tr- threatening to uh, cut some funding if uh, if schools didn't open? Did he cry during that at all? I don't know, but there's right and wrong in this case. It's not just this is not big gray area. There's right and wrong. There is no zero reasons a child, a kindergarten child, that, which Turtle Boy has, a kid going to kindergarten shouldn't be going back to kindergarten. And, and why, should, I mean, why should schools get federal funding if they're not open? That's a good question. Why taxpayers should all get a rebate? Well, you know why? Because teachers get paid anyway. Of course, teachers don't want to go back to work. They're enjoying their four month well, vacation. I mean, okay, so they are working. Let's be like my wife's a teacher. They, they do like, they do some work, right? But the they don't the the cost of keeping a building running is extremely expensive, and that cost is just gone now. So taxpayers should pay less. No, it's gonna, you know, it's going to be just the opposite because there's no revenue. They're going to, you know, they, no one, it's not a single state worker in Massachusetts or you name it, New York, New Jersey, Michigan, who's been laid off. For them, it's been a four month vacation. For them, this has been a godsend. It's been like, you know, a sabbatical. They're, you know, they're not doing what the private sector's doing. They're not laying people off. They're not cutting pay and, you know, furloughing people. This is strictly, a burden for the private sector, the public sector, except for cops, which are uh, another political pawn, the, the police. But in this case, I I would lose my mind. I'm already kind of losing my mind at the notion that children should be kept home since September. I, 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 I mean, I know I'm no epidemiologist, but I've read enough. I know you have, Turtle Boy. I know you I know you've listened, at least to me, Colin Ain. Tell me one reason that a six-year-old should not go back to kindergarten. One reason, Jerry. They could, they could, they could come in contact with another kid who is infected, and then they could come home, and then they could hug their dad, and their dad could hug their grandpa, and then he could die of COVID. So you want to kill? Okay. Uh, First of all, I hope grandpa's staying away. I hope grandpa, if he's in a nursing home or even if he's just at his home, is not interacting with the children. Secondly, the head of the CDC that. The weird guy with the beard, the little goatee, uh, what's his name again? I forget. Redfield. He said kids don't transmit it. This is the head of the CDC, a, 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 a pretty political organization that's, that airs on the side of fear, as we've learned. Kids don't trend. Kids don't, you know, for the most part. I mean, there's a statistical, uh, there's always, always an exception, but statistically, the chances of kids getting it is zero, giving it is zero. But how many how many kids are being tested for it though? Like how much data? How much in the data? world? In the world, plenty. We're talking about the whole world. I mean, there was a test in Italy, a, a study in Italy. I think it was like 350, 400 kids were tested, zero positives, zero. How many kids have died in Massachusetts from COVID total? In in, in the United States, twenty nine kids under eighteen have died. All of them, I'm pretty sure, all of them with underlying health conditions. How many in this state? Healthy children. Zero. Zero. Zero in the state of Massachusetts. I'm not surprised. In yep. the world, I mean, the, you you don't get honest numbers because kids could have 
underlying conditions that they don't report. They could weigh, you know, there could be a 10 year old that weighs 300 pounds, something like that. But for healthy six, seven, 10, 12 year olds, if you let, if you let the government, if you let a hack like Charlie Baker keep your kids home and you're okay with that, then you are the problem. You are the Dave Cullinane is the problem. He's like, yeah, well, you know, you can't be too careful. Careful of what? Of what? I'll tell you what, the kid doesn't get it or give it. Tell me why a kid should not be in school. First of all, they should have been in school the whole time, by the way. It shouldn't have been canceled for one day. Not one day. They knew this a long time ago. They're, they're invested in the fear. If you're, if you hate Trump, like, you know, half the country does, certainly the Democrat, and you want to help this feeble old man Biden, you want to help him in November, you need to extend this fear. You need people to be afraid. And if they're not, that feels like the country's coming back. That's another reason. And we'll get to the Ivy League. That I mean, there there's no reason for the Ivy League to be canceling, you know, crew. They're canceling sports, right? What All is, sports. What not is, just football. They're canceling whatever else. Swimming. Crew. There's zero reason for that. I shouldn't say zero. There's one reason for that. To kill, to, to, to destroy the evil orange man. That's it. These it are, but, these are duplicitous people. What a sad, pathetic country we have full of people that we just allowed this to happen. We allowed, we, we, we allowed ourselves to turn on the television and see a hundred thousand people marching for black trans lives. <laughs> nobody can, nobody complained. That was perfectly fine. And then, because of that, because of these protests, there was this quote unquote spike, which isn't really a spike because people aren't dying. They're dying at 10% of the rate that they were in April. So cases don't matter. It doesn't matter. You might as well get a tummy ache. It does not matter. The amount of contempt that you should have for your government, for them to literally spit in your face by allowing these protests to happen, participating in them, and then saying, well, there's a spike now. So your kids have to suffer. They don't get to go to school because we allowed this to happen instead. The, the people, if they don't revolt because of that, then they are pathetic, cowardly, and they deserve this. Well, talk, deserve- talk to Cullen, and I could tell he's okay. You don't want to be, can't be too careful. Keep the kids home. It Correct. doesn't. It doesn't impact me right now. So it's a. But, I'm but saying, you understand. You have friends around your age who are saying, you know, let's be. I am amazed how dumb people are. I shouldn't be. I grew up in Massachusetts. I've saw people vote for Ted Kennedy for you know my whole life. Elizabeth Warren. Now I, they they're Ed Markey. We are the dumbest voters in Massachusetts. But in this case, it's not that complicated. You don't need to really read too deep into it. Look too deep into it. Kids don't get it. They don't give it. They're much, much better off at school. When they stay home, you have these problems. We've heard, I mean, I, I, I guess I watch Fox News, so I get these numbers of kids who've committed suicide. Uh, Dr. Mark Siegel, you know, the medical guy on Fox, he did a report yesterday, and he, and he uh, dedicated it to an 11-year-old kid in New Mexico who was locked away for four months. And killed himself from loneliness. And, 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 you know, we've gone over the numbers in San Francisco. More people have died of drug overdoses, suicide than of the coronavirus in, in one area in Northern California. Um, that's, it's a problem. I mean, you guys know, I guess your kids are too young, but you know, say a 10, 12, 14, 16 year old staying out of school for a long time is bad for his mental health. It is not a good thing. And yet people go along. I, I guess I understand why Charlie Baker's doing what he's doing. He's a cynical politician. He looks at his numbers. His numbers approval rating is great. The Globe writes great things about him. He doesn't care. He's using children. 
He's using. Uh, uh, he, he, for what whole, kind of children is he using, Jerry? I mean, that's the thing here. That liberals. What, kind? what do you mean? What kind? Talk about this. This is a class thing. People that can afford to keep their kids home from school and homeschool them. Like a lot of people are saying, that I'm just going to homeschool your kid. If you have that luxury, right? Uh, the people that I'm seeing saying that they're mostly upper and, and middle class suburban white people. The kids that need to be in school the most, the kids that get the most out of school, that need the most services, are poor children of color more often than not, more right. than their white counterparts. So what we're doing, th- you talk about systemic racism. This lockdown is systemic racism because it is keeping kids who need the services the most away from those services because white people in the suburbs are scared of a virus that hardly kills anybody anymore. See, I think you make a good point with the lockdown. I mean, with the uh, protest, the protesters spread the virus. That's a fact. You, you, you're getting lied to by your government, uh, you know, by your mayors, by your governors when they say it didn't. They know it did. They know it would. They bl- gave it the blessing anyway. But the protesters are all young and they're not dying. So it skews the numbers or you get more cases, many, many more cases, but fewer deaths. So if you're watching CNN or NBC or you're reading the Globe and they're talking about the spike in cases, ask yourself one question. So what? So what? If there's a spike in cases, that's that's who cares if there's a spike in cases, if the deaths are plummeting, the deaths, as you point out are down like 89% since April. The people who are vulnerable uh, have been protected. Even in New York, where Killer Cuomo killed 6,000 senior citizens, even there they've smartened up and protected the vulnerable. So if the kids get it and don't know it, so what? I mean, there are kids, I know kids who are, you know, college kids who are getting tested for antibodies. They're coming up negative and they're bummed. They're disappointed. They're like, I want to get this over with. I want to get through it so I can get on with my yeah, but, life. But to Turtle Boy's point, tell a white suburban mom of a kid, you know, in kindergarten, you know, that her kid's probably going to get it and be okay. And she's just going to be, okay, yeah, fine. We'll just send it back. Well, I, first of all, her kid's not going to get it. I'm saying if the kid were to get it, that's a long shot. But if the kid oh, yeah. were to get it, what does she think's going to happen? Kids in kindergarten. They don't if they, if they have it, don't know it. So what does she think is going to happen? What did they say in, in Texas? There was like fifteen hundred new cases attributed to daycares, I think. Wasn't that the number? And eight eight hundred of which were that's what there's no freaking backstory. This person gave it to this person. There's no way of knowing that. So anytime you see something like that, it's just bogus. It's just their way it's of a fact. It's a fact. It was a CNN headline. It's a fact. See, there it is. CNN. Oh, yeah. Here's, oh, once again. No, it's just funny. My wife turns over to me yesterday and says, Did you see that coronavirus cases are spiked? Because of in Tulsa, because of Trump's rally. Oh, yeah. Like never, you aren't seeing the protest one. It definitely is the Trump rally one. Yeah, uh, the it, one that nobody went to. Remember that? They also said yeah, that. Like, right, that's true. That nobody went to. And, and But I, I, the, the, the idea that schools or even colleges, colleges, that's a, they should insist on going back. They should not. If, if you want to be smart, go back. Just don't leave. And the plan was go back to school. No one's going to leave till Thanksgiving. That should be the plan. And, you know, by then maybe things will change. But when you say don't go back, then they're interacting possibly with vulnerable people, with, with you know, whatever, elderly parents or grandparents. If they go to college, they're around people their age and they're, you know, people who are not high risk. That's a good thing. That should be considered a good thing. The problem is, and I laughed at this yesterday, like Ivy League. Ivy League announced they'll have no sports, not just football, 
but no sports. What whatever? What else is in the fall? Soccer, uh, field hockey. When is crew? Is that like in the fall or the spring? Canceling uh, all those sports. Bigfoot, whatever reason. Are we not, not. going to get the game? We're not going to get Harvard. No yeah, game. No, the game. Yeah, no, no, the game. And it's funny. because Stanford yesterday canceled 11 other sports because the thing about this is that the football is the biggest moneymaker in all these schools. The the other sports exist because of football. And without football, which it looks like the Pac-12 is not a real football conference. They don't care about football there. It's not like they're they're not going to go full. I guarantee you. They're going to make significant less revenue. And as a result, all these other sports have to get cut before. So that's the University of Alabama, Ohio State, Clemson, they're not gonna. They're gonna go. They're gonna fill the stadiums up. They, they have should. To. They, they should. I mean, I don't know if they fill. I don't know if they're gonna fill the stadiums, but they're gonna play, and they're gonna have you know some uh, maybe half the seats instead of a hundred thousand or fifty thousand, which will just be you know a window dressing. It won't matter. But a- answer me this: You're an Ivy League, whatever it is, president, ads. They all get together. You think those guys are just kidding? You think those guys are MAGA guys? You think those guys are Trump guys? Well, Yale is a white supremacist. That's right. Yale was founded by a slave trader. Let's not forget that. That name, Yale, Elushi, Elushi Yale, was a slave, made a living, made his money trading human people, human beings, and uh, built that school. But uh, they don't make money on football in in Ivy League. It costs money, just like all the other sports cost money. And so they're going to save money and hurt Trump. That's the goal. They're going to save money and spread the panic. I mean, if they don't go back to school, and Harvard already said they're going to be online, $50,000 tuition to sit at home. Like, you know, Harvard has become the University of Phoenix. You get to sit home on Zoom, you know, smoke weed, take a nap, whatever, while while your professor's doing a lecture. Um, which is a joke, but they are invested in extending the lockdown, extending the panic. So canceling football doesn't cost them any money. It saves them money. Why wouldn't they cancel football? Like I went to UMass. If they canceled UMass, like if they just did it online, I wouldn't go. Like, it's not, like I'm not paying to get an education. I'm paying for four years of partying and having a good time. <laughs> I'll get an education. With, I'm, I mean, I'm serious. It's like, I just, who okay, I mean, it's, nobody Maybe some people do. I don't know. Maybe I'm alone in this world. I didn't associate college with learning. Like learning was just a part of it. You get your degree. But the joy of college, what you look forward to most is being there and living in the dorms and having a good time and, you know, getting it all out of your system before you. Uh, I mean, I think I agree with you if you're a, uh, you know, major communications major, journalism major, whatever. But if you're an engineering, you got to learn some things. So I agree for the most part. I went to UMass for the same reason to have a good time. And I did. I accomplished my goal. Um, the idea that you're going to keep kids home around their parents and grandparents instead of sending them back where they're around a bunch of 19 year olds is insane. But don't forget, it's not about the virus. It is not. There is great fear in the land, particularly in New England and academia in New York, that the virus might burn out. You know, they might reach herd immunity and the economy might bounce back and the jobs numbers might be good. And then what? What happens in August? They have to march out, you know, weekended Bernie's Biden. They have to march him out on the stage to debate Donald Trump. Then everything changes. And I don't think Trump's a great debater, but Biden, I don't know. If he, see if you can get this, Dave. Yesterday I tweeted uh, the, the sound where he has, it's like 20 seconds long. It's incredible. Uh, he just has no idea what he's talking about. Rambles, babbles. Oh, the, the stutter. Here, I got the video. Yeah. It's, yeah. 
Lonnie knows I believe this every fiber of my being. We're posed. I, what I propose is, is it can be done. I think we're in a position to, to really make it happen. And my team and your team are already working closely together in light, to light up the path forward here. Critical laws like the PRO Act to strengthen collective bargaining. On politics like prevailing and, pro- look, I guess I'm, I'm getting, I'm, I'm t- taking too much time, but, you know. <laughs> that post. guy needs, that guy, above all else, that guy needs the virus. He needs the virus. He needs it to remain a problem. He needs it to remain an issue. He needs it to continue to affect business, to affect jobs numbers. Without it, we might start focusing in on that. And without it, you know what he has to do? He has to come out of the basement. He has to come out on stage, not just to debate Trump, but he's got to appear in front of the media, not just the fawning, you know, left wing media, but the, uh, you know, the whole media. He has to appear in public and face Joe the plumber, people like that. Can you, this is scripted. That's in his back porch. That's with a handler next to him, you know, holding him. That's with his wife, which he's got his, her arm around his elbow, uh, leading him around the way, the way good wives do with, uh, dementia patients, they hold their elbow, they lead them around, they feed them, they, they, they brush their hair. That's what she does. That can't, that guy, that guy is, to quote Joe Rogan, to quote Joe Rogan, that guy cannot be president. I've he never cannot. seen a politician who enjoys cutting himself off more than Joe Biden. Politicians that's, that's, his, that's, his, that's, his, that's his little device. You're right. Yeah, he did in the debates the whole time. Oh, my time is up. Like, I was like, I've, I've said too much. It's like, he, yeah. even he's cognizant of the fact that the more he talks, the more Trump's popularity will grow because nothing of substance. I mean, you just shake your head. You're just like this, this man cannot be president. <laughs> that is a good point. See, yeah. I think it's his device. When he loses track, loses his way, he says, Oh, I've said, no, I can't go there. I, I got to be, I don't know what I'm, you know, I'll, I'll say the wrong thing. He doesn't know what he's talking about. He's losing his train of thought. That is a man in the early stages of dementia. It's sad. I, again, I'm I'm just joking about his wife. She's a terrible spouse, a terrible wife. She's marching this poor man out there in front of the world, and it's it's not pretty. It's sad, and they want to keep him in the basement as long as possible. I don't know if you saw the Tom Friedman, that left wing hack. Yes, yesterday, yes. New York Times said uh, uh, Biden, and he's believe me, he's in wired in with all these people. He said Biden should not debate unless the Trump meets these conditions, one of which is he has to release his taxes. I'm not sure what that has yeah, to I do. Call, with I called that yesterday. I said that yesterday, didn't I? That they're not going to debate? Yeah, that they won't debate. They're going to ask for That's things. That's not going to go well for them. I mean, they can try that. That's going to be extremely unpopular if your candidate pulls out of the debates. It's yeah, not but, gonna- uh, but what's the alternative? To have that feeble old guy on stage with it's Trump? Well, you know, luckily he has Trump. Trump's probably the only buddy, only politician that could possibly make Joe Biden look good. He's a horrible debater. The only time he was good was during those Republican debates, which were basically a Jerry Springer show talking about how big your hands are and stuff like that. It was a big joke when he went up against Hillary and he had to get serious. It didn't go very well for Trump. Uh, well, yeah, but he even he and I don't think he's a great debater again, but I don't think he has dementia. Do you? Uh, no, but he's also gets he can't capitalize. He can't hammer him on the stuff because he'll get caught. They'll ask him about the Bolton book and he'll just go off on it. Like he'll just go off on some stuff. Uh, but I do think he'll get he'll 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 go low. You know, he'll go low. He'll mention Hunter 
Biden, he'll mention, you know, the, the, the Ukraine, they'll mention the, you know, even maybe even Tara Reid, although that's not his strong point, talking about, you know, extramarital affairs and sexual assaults and all that. Sure. He'll, he'll fight dirty the way he does. Incredibly accused. Use their own language against them. I, don't, I think Barron Trump could beat Biden in a debate right now. I really do. I think uh, the, 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 the Friedman book says, I mean, Friedman book, Friedman column said, uh, t- Trump has to release his taxes and they need to have a fact checker in real time checking the facts of the uh, two candidates as they go that that like every 10 minutes they would f- check the facts which is bizarre because I mean well they get tired of the fact checkers of course right. uh, and you know Trump the problem is Trump will agree to let you know George Stephanopoulos or Chuck Todd uh, moderate debate so he'll be it'll be like one against four one against five um, that's the way it works. He shouldn't. Trump should set the demands. But I wonder, you can't do no debates. They should do three. What will what will Biden eventually agree to? Like one or two? I mean, if you either do three or none, you're not going to do one or two. What does that do? Uh, it just limits the damage. I mean, I think that there is, you know, there, there is a list of things they need to get this guy over the finish line. One of them is a lockdown. One of them is no school, no sports. One of them is fear. The other one is limit right. his exposure to the public. Oh, fine. How about we do all vice presidential debates? We do three vice president because Pence is a master debater. And, you know, the, the Republican bump is going to come when Biden has to pick a VP because everybody knows right. that three picks for the VP probably going to be the four, like has a really good chance of being the 47th president if he wins. And his short list is a disaster. I'm, fact, check, I'm fact checking in real time. 46th president. Well, the 47th would be his vice president. Assuming oh, I'm sorry. You're right. So, but yeah, but only be like a month, right? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. So like you have to assume that this is like the vice presidential debate would be the one on stage. And we, our vice president is a much better debater than our president. And whoever Biden picks to be his vice presidential running mate is going to be a disaster. You saw Kamala Harris, what Tulsi Gabbard did to her in those debates. It won't go well for her. And, you know, Stacey Abrams would be terrible. And, uh, you know, the mayor of Atlanta, this, I mean, you're right. They're all, they're all so flawed. He has to, put, <clears throat> has to pick a black woman and woman. I think his best bet is to go off the board and pick some, you know, local, you know, like, like, like a Sarah Palin. People don't know anything about her and just say, here she is. People know about Kamala Harris. They know about Stacey Abrams and <clears throat> they know that they're not, you know, presidential material right now. So he, uh, I don't think he can do that. All right, today's show is brought to you by Flagship Wealth. I'm actually joined by Dave McDonough, a man I have known for 10 years. Dave, you're here with us. We've given away hundreds of those free reports on flagshipwealth.com slash retirement. So if you want one, go there. But I wanted to tell my story and then bring you in on it. When I got fired by Entercom, which a lot of people who listen to this podcast, uh, they know about. Thank you, Alan Dershowitz. My family had four 401ks that were not being actively managed. I spoke to this man, Dave why do people have to have an advisor who actively manages their 401k? Well, David, first of all, it's simplicity. With four different custodians, that's four different 800 numbers, four different asset allocations. As we say at the flagship, you want all your ships sailing in the same direction. And let's talk about your beneficiaries on that. If you need to call these four different companies, can you imagine if you passed away what your beneficiaries would have to go through just to get their hands on this money? Consolidation, one person to talk to, 
That's why you need to consolidate your assets. When I started with those companies, literally all they asked me was, when do you plan to retire? And they probably put me into some mutual fund that's just based off a time horizon. Nonsense talk. Go work with somebody who knows what they're doing. That's what I did. Flagshipwealth.com slash retirement. You can speak directly to Dave McDonough as well. He's the founder of Flagship Wealth. Dave, thank you for that information. We're going to it. We've given away hundreds. We're going to give away hundreds more because I do ad reads better than anybody else in the podcasting business, right? David, I couldn't agree with you more. Fiveshipwealth.com slash retirement. Member FINRA, SIPC. Back to the Ivy League. Ivy League canceled football. And here's what everybody said. Here's what, you know, Shaughnessy, Dan Shaughnessy wrote and others uh, tweeted that this is the first, you know, domino that everyone will follow their lead because, you know, the Ivy Leaguers are so smart, so smart. Uh, this has nothing to do with smarts. Again, it has to do with hurting Trump. It has to do with saving money for the Ivy Leaguers. It has to do with uh, uh, just avoiding uh, uh, the appearance that everything's okay and everyone's back. They don't want that. I, I think if they follow suit and other leagues, and I'm not just talking about you know SEC, we know they're not going to follow suit, but if the rest of the country starts canceling football, high school, uh, it, it is... It, it, it is an outrage. It is insane. It is, it's something they should do. They, everyone should be committed to sports, committed to going back to school and playing sports and going to sporting events. And if you, if you get the virus, you know what you do? You go home and you rest and you have some fluids and have some whatever NyQuil, like it's the flu. That's what you do. If you're 19 or 20 or 18 or 16, that's what you do. If you're a 400 pound football coach, like that, remember that guy in Maryland, Frigian, the fridge? If, if you're a, a huge guy, yeah. If you're a 400 pound coach, you know what you do. You don't coach. It's real complicated. If you're a 68 year old teacher who's got you know diabetes, you know what you do. You don't teach. Very complicated. I know. I know it's a little hard for people to grasp. If you're vulnerable, you don't go back to school. You don't go back to work. Do they oh, get paid? Though? Do they get paid? Yes, of course they get paid. Are you kidding? They're teachers. They always get paid. That's true. But, you know, I mean, the head coaches aren't a lot of big guys, but I'm sure a lot of the assistants are. I'm sure a lot of the O-line coaches yes, are, are of the bigger persuasion. So uh, what I'm saying is that this is going to affect, like, so let's say the Pac-12 decides they're not going to play, right? But the rest of the conferences do. So the big, like, let's suppose Oregon, that's kind of the best team out of Pac-12 usually. They have, I don't know who's on their schedule this year. Let's suppose they have a big SEC opponent, and that was a resume-building game. That is just gone now. It's forfeited for the SEC. That's going to affect everything. That's going to screw everything up. That's going to screw who makes the playoffs up. Any conference that decides not to participate in college football this year should be banned from the NCAA for life because you are not part. You're not a team player anymore. You screw it. I I forget who it was. Some school was already looking for a new opponent because they had Harvard or Yale on their schedule. And as soon as the Ivy League, you know, Harvard and Yale play some division – one don't they usually play one or two one division one game? I mean, I know they're one whatever whatever they call it now below subdivision football. Uh, they're one double A is what yeah. they are. They they change the name, but they're one double A, and occasionally they play a division one team, right? Not a great team, but a you know a temple or something. Those teams have to look for new opponents or or an army or navy. They have to look yeah. for new opponents because the Ivy League has said no football, no school. That really sucks. Especially for seniors, that really sucks. I mean, the yeah. idea that the idea that you're being used for political reasons, you know, hell, you know, if you're not a total idiot, and I'm guessing Ivy Leaguers aren't total idiots, 
you know, this isn't about the virus. It's not about you getting sick and passing it on and killing your family. It's not at all about that. It's about extending the fear and hurting the president and helping Biden. That's what you're there for. It's sad, but that's uh, that's reality. We'll find out. What, I think you, what do you propose to get to get over the fear? So, like, you just rip the Band-Aid off? Do you do what Trump's doing and say funding? You rip the Band-Aid off. You say back to school. If you're feeling a little feverish, go home, rest up. The flu is much more dangerous, much more deadly to children than the coronavirus. There's a better chance a kid gets killed in a bus crash on the way to school than yeah, if he- sure. you know we went we went yesterday we went to these waterfalls right and we walked along and yesterday kind of dangerous you 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 slip and you fall goodbye see you later we brought our kids there a lot of people had their kids there and guess what anybody of us could have died at any moment life is about taking risks and to me going to school is a lot more essential than climbing some rocks at a waterfall like we all take risks every single day you know, your, your kids today are going to go out on a boat where the driver yeah. will be drunk as a skunk and you'll be drunk right. driving. And they're going to take a risk, right? I yeah. say this, I'm going to say this, I said this before and said it again. It's the most offensive thing to come out of this. When this is the kind of people who are leading us, these, these hacks, these bureaucrats, these bakers and de Blasio's and Whitmer's. Uh, de Blasio said he allowed the, he, he blessed the protesters, the black trans protesters that you referred to in Brooklyn. Hundred thousand strong, he gave them his blessing because it was more meaningful than going to church or going to synagogue. So he's deciding what's meaningful, and he thinks it's meaningful to march for blacks' trans rights and not for, you know, to go back to work. That was definitely not. He didn't like that at all. Bless, don't bless that, or go to school or go to church. That's not meaningful. But going out for blacks trans rights, which is I don't I even mean, understand. I the what rights are we talking about? Don't they already have rights? What the just, frick is just say every single game, bring a Black Lives Matter sign. And right. when you do, I mean I say that tongue in cheek, but it's kind of serious. Like you all you have to do is just show up and say that your gigantic mob gathering is a protest for Black Lives Matter and you can do whatever you want. That's true. My my wife teaches exercise classes outside in the park and she can't have more than ten people. And I said, well, if you have 12, what happens? 13. Just, I said, just get a Black Lives Matter sign when the cops show up. Just hold up the sign as you're doing, you know, whatever, doing your, your exercise. That's how it works. Hey, the NBA is going to fend off the critics because they're going to have woke slogans on their uniforms. I don't know if you've seen them yet, Turtle Boy. Uh, they, they, uh, they've uh, released some of the slogans that the players have already agreed to put on the uniforms. I see a bunch of them that just says equality. Um, I, I can get the list, but uh, there's none. I haven't seen anyone that says uh, "Free Hong Kong." Have you guys seen one that says "Build the Wall"? Or no one says "Build the Wall." No one says "MAGA Make America Great Again." The list doesn't include any of them. I was wondering if someone would go off the board. It's very unlikely in the NBA. You can't. I mean, you can't cross. You know, LeBron or or uh, or, or Popovich or Kerr or Curry. You can't. They'll they'll kick you out of the club. But there'll be, there's nothing, there's no slogan there that's not, uh, you know, woke, that's not left wing. Um, uh, we'll, we'll see soon enough. When do they take the floor? I don't know. I haven't really paid attention to the schedule. They're already in the bubble. All the, you know, the NBA reporters are tweeting funny things about the, you know, the meals they're getting. They're getting these kind of, they look like air, it looks like airline food, these prepackaged meals in the bubble. Which, which one? Which one of these would you choose? I just got the list for you, Jerry. Right. Uh, say their names, vote, I can't breathe, justice, peace, equality, freedom, 
enough. Power to the people. Justice now. Say her name. Uh, liberation. See us. Hear us. Respect us. Love us. Listen. Who came up with? Who has that job? <laughs> came up with these. I am a man. Anti-authority. Uh, stand up. Group economics. Education reform. Uh, how many more? That's group good. economics. Yeah, I'd pick that one. That's real edgy. Group <laughs> economics. Group I think the only one, if I was forced, I'd pick freedom because I would picture uh, uh, William Wallace screaming and at the end of Braveheart. But they're all stupid. How's that? They're all stupid. They're all simplest, you know, simple-minded, and woke. You know, you said vote it was like the second one. Can you do vote, vote. Trump? Yes. <laughs> Just add Trump. That I mean, it's great. like vote for who? I mean, I think but, it's applied who you want us to vote for. Here's, uh, you know, we'll, we'll get to that. We'll get to this because uh, very interesting. Uh, uh, com- I should say, should say, comment. Silence. You, we all know silence is violence, right? Yes, silence right. is unacceptable. White silence. White. white. Yes. Um, on a couple of days ago, and we talked about this yesterday and the day before. Deshaun Jackson, uh, Philadelphia Eagles wide receiver, he said something eh, mildly controversial, mildly uh, offensive. I mean, not too bad. All he did was say. The Jews are trying to dominate the world. And, you know, but he's, it wasn't his quote. He was, it was like a retweet. He retweeted Hitler is what he did. He, <laughs> he, he attributed to, he attributed, and as you know, Turtle Boy, retweets are not endorsements. True. So Deshaun Jackson, who's an NFL player, said, you know, Hitler as Hitler, it's not even an accurate quote, but he thought it was, which makes it even dumber. But Hitler said the world, the Jews will blackmail the country. The Jews will uh, have a plan for world domination. He quoted Farrakhan, another nice guy, another nice guy. Yeah, and it it was it was almost like you know the onion of the Babylon Bee. It was just so patently offensive to any anybody, and it wasn't just Jews. I mean, you read it and you said his only defense was he's a friggin' moron, which he is, but. You're wondering, can you do that? Can you post an Instagram uh, to Instagram or tweet, you know, a quote from Hitler saying the Jews are, have a plan for world domination? He did it. So far, he's paid no price. I mean, he gave out some wishy-washy apology. But so far, he's, he, he's, he's essentially paid no price because, you know, because I, I, there wasn't great condemnation. There was... Uh, uh, three days later, there's a couple people. There's um, uh, Mitchell Schwartz, the offensive uh, uh, tackle, or is he a guard? The offensive lineman. I have his jersey. He's- you do, yeah. yeah. You know, he came out with a statement, thoughtful statement, just saying, you know, we need to all, you know, strive to do better or something. And another guy, Zach Banner from uh, from Pittsburgh, mentioned the synagogue shooting in Pittsburgh and how he can't be. You know, we're all in this together. We're all human beings. They they did they did a nice tactful job of condemning Deshaun Jackson, but the level of condemning the condemnation was nowhere near what it was for Drew Brees. When Drew Brees said, you know, he loves America. When Drew Brees said he would never kneel for the anthem, that was, they, they came down on him like a formation of F-150, F-14s. Kraft Jewish? Kraft is Jewish, yes. There have to be other NFL owners who are Jewish. Why are they silent? The Eagles owner is Jewish, Jeff Lurie. They actually put out a statement. They, they, I believe they condemned it, correct? And they kind of forced them to. Yes, and and uh, there were some idiots, some idiots out there that said uh, that 
the, the, the condemnation was worse for Jackson than it was for Riley Cooper. That's not true. When Riley Cooper said the N-word at a Kenny Chesney, you know, he's drunk at a concert and he was trying to see badass. He was trying to be, you know, tough guy. And he used the N-word and he was sent to sensitivity training. His teammates ostracized him. It was not, I mean, still, you could, Riley Cooper couldn't get a job like at ESPN. I mean, he couldn't get a job. Uh, in you know doing games or anything, I think he will forever well, be that. Jackson's going to be able to get a job at ESPN after this either. So there is a, some element of that involved in this. It's the fact that because he's too stupid or because I, he's anti-Semitic. I actually think Stephen Jackson is now getting it. Wait, like he's the one taking the brunt for Deshaun Jackson now. Yeah. Not Stephen Jackson. Yeah. Is the one so so this is this was uh, yesterday's development. Stephen Jackson, retired NBA player, a guy who looks like George Floyd and considered and what, George. He does look like it. What's he most famous for? For the malice for, uh, in the palace, right? Oh yeah, yeah, he right. Like he that, the guy that ran into the crowd and beat the shit out of fans has something to say. So go <laughs> also, ahead. I think he also pulled a gun on somebody outside a nightclub, didn't he? Didn't he do that? And and he also didn't he also beat the crap out of a looter just a few weeks ago? No, that was J.R. Smith. Oh, uh, yeah. I knew it was one of these. Uh, oh, one uh, of the- NBA guys. These these you know second tier stars. Yeah. But Stephen Jackson, uh, Stephen Jackson said George Floyd was his brother, and he was going to carry the torch, and he has, and he he's gotten a lot of credit for kind of being a, a kind of a spokesman, you know, leading the charge. He went off the rails yesterday defending Deshaun Jackson. Uh, it wasn't, uh, you know, the most eloquent thing, but he said Deshaun Jackson is speaking the truth. Deshaun Jackson, who quoted Hitler and said Jews have a plan for world domination, he said. He's speaking the truth. I don't know. Do we have anything yeah. from Stephen Jackson? Because he, he, by the way, he works for Showtime. Showtime, he has a podcast for Showtime and a TV program occasionally for, I saw it one day. It was pretty good. It was pretty, it was different. It was, it was, it was not bad. I'm not sure. Showtime has not like fired him yet, but because I, maybe they won't, but that podcast uh, is pretty big, to be honest with you. It's actually, yeah, it's doing well. Nice little tidbit there. Eagles posted. Regarding Deshaun Jackson comments, he was trying to educate himself, educate people, and he's speaking the truth, right? He's speaking the truth. You know he don't hate nobody, but he's speaking the truth of what of, of, of the facts that he know and try to educate others. But y'all don't want us to educate ourselves. If it's talking about the black race, y'all ain't saying nothing about it. They killing us, police killing us, and treating us like shit. Racism at an all-time high, but ain't none of you NFL owners spoke up on that. Ain't none of you teams spoke spoke up on that. But the same team had a receiver that say the word Nick to say nigga publicly, and they gave him an extension. Eagles. So that's a, I mean, he he would he keeps going on on the Instagram rant, but that's his first one. That that was his first comments after uh you know the Deshaun Jackson. He's speaking the truth. The NFL didn't respond. The NFL teams didn't respond to the yeah, yeah. movement. Is that a joke? Yeah, like, I'm, I'm sure this this is a real. You know, that's a guy who's well read. Uh, talking, said, racism racism at an all time high. How stupid you have to be to believe something like that. Like you are a stupid, stupid person and nobody should take you seriously. Maybe that's our problem. We shouldn't take it seriously. To say, to say racism at an all-time high and the police are hunting them. Was that what he said? Police are killing them? Yeah, at an all-time. Yeah. Totally, totally absurd. Totally wrong. Totally uh, idiotic. And But I guess he's not playing for a team. 
So the NBA can't do anything to him. We'll find out if Showtime does. I don't want him to. I, I'd like to hear, let him. I think he does more damage when he opens his mouth, exposes yeah, himself. I don't anyone let the guy talk let him keep talking so like like i said let this all be out there that this is what some elements of the black lives matter movement also believe in so they don't really actually believe in you know all the things they talk about love equality you know getting along they don't believe in any crap they just start pushing an agenda uh and they really don't like the jews i mean this is there's a couple of people they don't like the jews and um i don't think the pete Buttigieg pulls well with no that. pete i i always think that when i see um uh, Biden bumbling around his back porch. I'm saying they would be so much better off with Pete Buttigieg. I mean, at least he's not doesn't have dementia. He could debate with Jerry. Uh, but then I remember there's a certain segment of society, there's a certain number of Democrats who will never ever vote for a, a man of that uh, sexual persuasion. Um, I you know he won certain play or I forget where he won. Where did he win? He, he, and then he just got skunked in well, South I- Carolina. Yeah, he won the white state. In Iowa, right after like a month of counting votes. But um, he would be much better. They'd be much better off with him on the debate stage. But some people just will not give him the time of day because, you know, he likes men. It's just, it's wrong, as far as I'm concerned. Um, yeah. I'd, I'd vote for Rick Grinnell in a second. And I'm, you know, I'm not the most open-minded guy. I would vote for Rick Grinnell in a heartbeat. But anyway, that's Stephen Jackson. We'll find out if there's any price to pay. Well, did you, hear, did you hear him yesterday, though? So yesterday, like he is yeah. doing a lot of dancing. He was on with Don Lemon. He actually goes and he does this Instagram live video with just this random dude on Instagram who just asked to be a part of it. And I want to play this cut because I want this is going around uh, Twitter now as well. It's, it's this kid who's basically saying, if you're trying to claim you didn't read the post, just condemn, just condemn what he said now. Just do it for me right now. And he wouldn't do it. So listen to this. Just said that Jews are the richest. You know who the Rothschilds are? That's a specific example. I do, but the but in terms of they, 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 they control all the banks. They own all the banks. They own, oh, all the okay. banks. They own a lot of banks. But the Rothschilds aren't the Rothschilds aren't reflective of the entire Jewish community. I'm not a Rothschild. No, 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 no. I, I'm, I'm not saying that, but that's correlated to money, though. <laughs> but 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 if you actually, so, so I'm not. Hey, bro, I, I I haven't said one thing that's not true yet. That's not you've 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 yet to you said that the Jews are trying you've supported the idea that the Jews are trying to divide the black community. No 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 no. There you go again. I've never said that. What I think you say the Jews the are owners trying of the NFL never came out and spoke. But see now you're dancing around the point. Just say that the Jews aren't trying to divide the black community. Right, but, but why you want? Right, right, but listen, what do I gain from saying what you want me to say? It's not what I want you to say. It's that if you truly believe the Jews aren't trying to divide the black community, then you'll say it. But I don't, I, I don't have to say that to you to, to make you believe that I love everybody and I stand for everybody. This random nobody on Instagram is getting more information out of Stephen Jackson. It's just, it's unbelievable. Where does that come from? I mean, I guess it comes from Farrakhan and Sharpton. They're all, you know, anti, yeah, obviously the Farrakhan's anti-Semitic. But what would you think someone like Stephen Jackson really thinks the Jews control all the banks? I mean, yes. Yes, yes. And what does that mean? What does that mean? They're keeping the black people down. Where do you get that? I guess he oh, probably sits at home, watches Farrakhan videos, correct? Yeah, they were sitting at home. I mean, this is the effect. Or Ilhan Omar videos they could be watching. Right. Same thing. No difference at this point. Right. <laughs> so Some people did something. Yeah, I mean, they really clearly, uh, I think he definitely believes this stuff, uh, that the literally there are Jewish puppet masters out there pulling the strings on in either, uh, society to oppress black people, which is the most anti-Semitic thing, but whatever. It's like Jews are white ultimately. And in this country, they are not 
what's considered a marginalized group because they're not struggling with problems that other communities are. So nobody gives a shit about them. You're allowed to say stuff like that. That's okay. Somehow. Well, again, we'll find out, like you mentioned, uh, Jeff, uh, the owner of the Eagles, Jeff Lurie. I mean, don't you want to sit down with Deshaun Jackson before you write him another paycheck and say, you know, I'm Jewish. Do you think yeah. I have a plan for world domination? I'm trying to win the <laughs> NFC East. <laughs> yeah, I swear to God, it wasn't me. It was, uh, one of the, like, I mean, give me a break. The fact that this guy is allowed, obviously the double standard here is strong, uh, but where are the players with this? Like, what, the second that you question, uh, and, and said that the NFL was, um, I mean, people like Tom Brady got on board and everybody got on board and it was unanimous that, oh my freaking God, Drew Brees said you should stand for the national anthem. Holy shit. Stop the fight. He had to give four apologies and all this shit. Nobody's where's Devin McCourty. Has he said anything about this? The Bennett's where are they? It's a good question. The Bennett brothers have not condemned. I mean, maybe they agree with them. Uh, Steven Jackson, his career, I'm surprised he only made uh, $68 million in his career. Uh, but now he's a, you know, Showtime star and a spokesman and a uh, you know big uh, civil rights leader and uh, he thinks the Jews control all the banks. No big deal. No big oh, deal. He did in, in his last video last night. He did. Uh, he, he is quoted as saying, "I don't support Hitler. I don't know nothing about Hitler." And he I did not fuck. say fuck about him. He didn't say that, did he? Yeah. Last night on Instagram. Yes. Yep. He said. Oh, okay. You know, he's cool. He doesn't support Hitler. Are you I don't know nothing about Hitler. How is that possible that you don't know nothing about Hitler? Here we go. Jonathan says, why do you support J- Deshaun Jackson's anti-Semitic post if you have love for all? Well, I, I do have love for all, and I didn't support the post as far as Hitler and him supporting Hitler. I don't support Hitler. I don't know nothing about Hitler, I don't, and I can give a fuck about Hitler. All I know, he was a cruel guy. I don't say cool. that. And I what? Cool he was a cool guy. What? Cool or cruel? Did, cool? did he say cruel or cool? Cruel. Cruel. Cruel with an R. I heard cool. C-R-U-E-L. Okay. Cruel. I never heard that used to describe it like cruel. I mean, evil or whatever, diabolical. But if you don't know nothing about him, then how does he know he's cruel? Cruel. But he don't Play know that again. Let's confirm that's cruel and not cool. Here we go. Jonathan says... Why do you support J- Deshaun Jackson's anti-Semitic post if you have love for all? Well, I, I do have love for all, and I didn't support the post as far as Hitler and him supporting Hitler. I don't support Hitler. I don't know nothing about Hitler, I don't, and I can give a fuck about Hitler. All I know, he was a cruel guy. I don't stand for that, and I don't support it. My whole uh, reason for supporting D-Jack was before I got on Instagram, he called me on the phone and told me that they were threatening to fire him, but they didn't do that to Cooper. And I'm like, you're right. You shouldn't have to apologize if they didn't make him apologize. And that was my whole stunt. I don't hate Jews. I don't support Hitler, but they are wrong for how they handling DJ because Cooper said the N word publicly at a concert, they slapped him on the wrist and he got a contract extension. Never talked about being fired, but they want to fire DJ and see a lot of people try to deflect that I, called the owner out on how he handled the black man and the white man and tried to deflect and made it seem like I hated Jews and I was supporting Hitler. Today I'm saying to you, Brian, fuck Hitler. I love Jews and I love everybody and I stand on love for all who have love for all. Oh my goodness. That's uh, I'm, you know what? I'm going to watch his Showtime show. Is uh, Who's it with? He's with another NBA. Up in Smoke on Showtime. Up in Smoke. Up in- 
And there's another NBA guy with him, his co-star, right? His co-host. Yeah. Actually, I think they knocked. Remember when we were number one on Apple Podcasts? They knocked us off, I think. Yeah. Oh, did they? Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, but uh, okay. that's that's quote. Now, every player has their famous quote. Maybe he can have that on his jersey, although he's not active anymore. Maybe another player can have it. Fuck Hitler. <laughs> do, you think, do you think Deshaun Jackson called him? I mean, that was his last video last night. He had done the press story. He'd done Don Lemon. He had done all this stuff. He, and, and, and that kid on Instagram, he still he wouldn't say to the kid on Instagram that he condemned Deshaun Jackson's post. And now all of a sudden, Desha- Deshaun Jackson's calling him before he does any of this stuff. I don't know. I, I mean, I think obviously we all would condemn anti-Semitism and find it you know vile and evil. But in, in some forms, it's scary, like with de Blasio. He doesn't like Jewish people. We've seen him shutting down mosques, arresting Jewish people. That is, I mean, shutting down temp, uh, synagogues. That is scary. But when you have a moron like this saying the Jews are going to take over the world, don't you almost dismiss him as just an idiot who doesn't really have any power? He's just, again, watching a Farrakhan video or, or reading a, uh, an Instagram post from some lunatic. Isn't it almost uh, insignificant? He's so dumb. He has a platform, Jerry. When you have a platform, you can influence minds. And that, that, I mean, that's the argument, right? That's why they kick people off of Twitter for saying things that are unpopular, that you have a platform and you're spreading this, you know, dangerous hate speech to lots of people. That's a good point. Right. He's got a platform and Roger Stone does not. But um, it'll be interesting because he's playing for the Eagles. The Eagles are owned by a Jewish guy. It's kind of like, it's like Barstool. You know, the employees are, are, are dumping all over the owner and the owner's just got to sit there sit there and take I it. Love to watch it burn. I love it. I love more of that, please. Eventually Dave Portnoy, you can tell he's on the, the verge of, 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 of losing it. Cause this guy has yeah. literally built his career on being offensive and not caring about anyone's feelings. And that, and that happens when it comes to joke. He made a joke about girls in skinny jeans, like deserving to be raped. He, he's made jokes about the size of Tom Brady's one-year-old son's Schwenza. Uh, and he's defended it to this day, and, he, and his, all of his employees defended it too. But for some reason, you can't make jokes about race. And what's surprising about that is they're not even mad about the Kaepernick thing. Like the Kaepernick thing, uh, when he said that, I thought he was an Arab guy. They're not even talking about that. They're talking about him literally singing a rap song, singing a Ja Rule yeah, song. Yeah, but, but your examples of the past, let's just hypothetically say transgressions, of the past transgressions, they, they weren't the company they are today, obviously. That is your point. But they have so many more people. There was literally only like KFC and Big Cat around when he did like the howitzer thing. You know, yeah, what I mean? yeah, but the KFC, the worst thing that, to my, in my mind, and, and all of it, uh, you know, you can explain and you could say, you know, this is what we do. We push the envelope. We were joking. We were singing a rap song. But KFC said, what did he say? Kaepernick has terrorist skin. Yeah, he did. Yeah. That, <laughs> that, that's that could be as dumb as anything Deshaun Jackson said. But important. Uh, but you, you left out one thing. He's built his reputation, his image on revenge too. I mean, he has bottles of champagne that he cracks when he defeats his enemies. He's, he's relished in, you know, the, the, the fall of W E E I. Yeah, but he's never had enemies from within for the first time. I was going to get to that. And now he has people who are just sticking the shiv in his back and they work for him. He pays them. He kept them on during this, you know, recent recession. Didn't take out a PP. I mean, if you heard that. No, but it's okay. It, it seems like it's okay now because he went on Twitter, bitch that his employees aren't having his back. And then all of a sudden, this is a shocker. I know 
his employees started to have his back on Twitter when he asked them to do so. And now it seems like everything's okay. That would piss me off even more. No, there's no, everything is done. Okay. I talked to somebody I know at Barstool and sometimes friend of mine, occasional friend of mine. And he said, I said, you know, Portnoy is famous for the list, you know, the list where he's going to in the top drawer and he's going to check them off one at a time. And he already has checked some of them off like deadspin and uh, EEI and, uh, the guy at HBO, the suit guy, I mean, he's checking them off. That list just doubled in size, and the new names all work for him. <laughs> yeah, There is no way. He says, you know, we'll let bygones be bygones. It is an they're interesting. Upset. They're upset that he went on Tucker. Because he's been on Tucker, obviously. He's going to go on Tucker again, isn't he? I'm not yeah. going to turn You know who down. else he's going on with? Soledad O'Brien. How's she? Like, it's is like he talks she? to anybody who will interview him. Does she have a show? Soledad, no, she's like, uh, she, uh, yeah, she was on. She was like the correspondent on Real Sports when they did a barstool hit piece. Oh right, and talking yeah. about how, how they're so horrible to women, and they didn't. They interviewed women. They just didn't air it in the clip. And they yeah. just, that's, that's when he held up. That's when he showed the champagne, right? The champagne for all of his enemies. That probably, was that segment, yeah, probably. Yeah, but it is interesting to watch going forward because again, all the names on the death list. Work for him, including Black Brandon or Brandon Black, whatever his nickname is. The guy from Two. By the way, I heard that whole uh, that whole podcast. It's incredible. Nobody defended him. I mean, there were like six or seven people on there, and they were all, you know, talking about how much he let them down and how much they're disappointed in him. None of them quit, as far as I know. They all condemned. They all talked about how disappointed they are. And I'm waiting for somebody to step up and say he's he's you know he's crazy. That's his personality. He sang a rap song five years ago. Who cares? And, then, and he gave us the freedom to speak our minds, to push the envelope, just like he does. That's yeah. all. We all signed up to work for a company who, whose entire business model was built on controversy and saying controversial things. We cannot act surprised when our leader says something controversial. We cannot clutch our pearls. I mean, what happened? I mean, t- kids are being forced to read a book called White Fragility. What the hell do you call this? If Willie Colon, a 330-pound man, is, oh, he has his feelings hurt because Dave <laughs> being a Ja Rule song. I mean, what, what kind of fragility is that then? That, by the way, the author of that is a former Westfield State professor. Yes. Uh, uh, um, but uh, you're right. And I was waiting for some one of them to step up and defend the guy saying, you know, he's not racist. He was just joking around, but they didn't. And Portnoy will never, ever forget that. And he shouldn't. I mean, it was, he sit, has to be sitting there and saying, I gave these people like, jobs. I'm paying them. Most of them wouldn't last, you know, three days. I know. Colin A knows if they had to do their own podcast on their own uh, and, you know, make it on their own, wouldn't be easy. Portnoy gave them a platform and they're free to say whatever they want, obviously, because they can rip the crap out of their own boss and nobody uh, without hesitation, that was I was going back and forth on Twitter a little bit with one guy who, who uh, he's like a social media guy, and I, I don't know if he's a minority oh, or what. Oh, that's the Joshua guy. Josh. And I said, I said, you have two choices. You know, he said how awful it is that he has to apologize to all his black friends because he works for Barstool. And I said, you have two choices: either don't apologize for working at Barstool or don't work at Barstool. Those are your choices. You see what they want to do, and this is what would really piss me off if I was Portnoy. They're saying that, well, we want to change the culture within. Uh, uh-uh, uh, bitch, you didn't get hired here to change anything. I built this. You don't change shit. You shut up and you do your job and you go along with you. You kind of you you act as controversial as I do. That's what we do here. You're not gonna. I mean, that was the really pissed me off. It's like when you're saying that. 
you're trying to change the culture. You're literally saying that we are trying to sabotage the company from right. within. I said afterwards, I said, if I'm Portnoy, I tell these people, you know, either quit you know, and get out or, you know, screw you. Just imagine, it, this all, imagine this all happening to you during a pandemic where they're automatically losing money no matter what. And by the way, they start probably losing money. And, and Dave Portnoy basically like redefines himself, not redefines himself, but he creates this character that actually brings in money during a pandemic on the, like the stupid financial shit doing. Yeah. Yeah, but I mean, I know we mock it, but he at least thought outside the box and brought in dollars when dollars were leaving Barstool. What did anybody, else, everybody else do besides, you know, they didn't do anything. They created just dumb content that probably didn't make any money. It's his fault for hiring these idiots. He could have hired anybody he wanted to. He hired a bunch of, I don't know if he just didn't sit down in the interviews. He created this monster. Now he has to live with it. But now And now he can't fire them. You know, that's why he's saying if you don't like it, quit because he would like if they quit, but he can't fire them because he's afraid to, you know, take legal action. But Hey, I'm looking at my list. We haven't got to the dumbest, the dumbest comments from yesterday uh, from a former NFL player, a big star at Fox Sports. We'll get to that after I tell you about uh, Shea Concrete. Shea Concrete, you all know about it, but I'm going to tell you again. This is for you homeowners and home builders. Did you know that my brother-in-law, Greg, has a huge selection of precast concrete steps? Of course you knew that. Well, this is the project for your summertime. You get a little time off. You want to upgrade the home do some home improvements, check this out. Whether you're building a new home or you need to replace an old stair in an old home, Shea has great values with designs for any home, available in concrete or customized with beautiful stone, granite, or brick. A new staircase can dramatically upgrade the front entrance of your home. In most cases, they can remove your old stairs and have you walking up your new front steps within hours. Within hours, your home is worth more. Just like that, it looks better, and it's worth more. Learn more about Shea's precast concrete steps, steps at SheaConcrete.com. Also, at SheaConcrete.com, you can look for a job if that's what you need. If you're one of the million people in Massachusetts put out of work by Governor Charlie Parker, this maybe it's a good thing. You know, Maybe the, that, the whole one door closes, another one opens. Maybe you can head to SheaConcrete.com, a great company to work for. They're looking for CDL drivers now. They're looking for people at all four of their plants. You can check it out at shakeconcrete.com or stop in and talk to them or just send your resume, send a little letter and a resume to jobs at shakeconcrete.com. Back in February, when COVID-19 was a distant concept to most Americans, gold was in the $1,500 range. The Dow was over 29000 Today, as the virus tears apart the economy, gold is over $1,700. $100. And the Dow's up, what, over 27,000? Major market disruptions favor gold. Instability, uncertainty, and impending inflation favor gold. If you have not diversified some of your savings into gold, there's no better time than today. Protect your savings from any further setbacks in the stock market. Gold is a safe haven against uncertainty. And the company that I trust with precious metal purchases is Birch Gold Group. And right now, thanks to a little-known IRS tax law, you can even move your IRA or eligible 401k into an IRA backed by physical gold and silver. It's perfect for those who want to protect their hard-earned retirement savings from any more downturn in stocks. Look back historically. When the bottom falls out of everything else, gold tends to be safeguard savings. 
Contact Birch Gold Group to request a free info kit on physical precious metals. See if diversifying into gold and silver makes sense for you. This comprehensive 20-page kit reveals how gold and silver can protect your savings and how you can legally move your IRA or 401k out of risky stocks and bonds and into precious metals IRA. To get your no-cost, no-obligation kit, go to birchgold.com slash jerry. That's B-I-R-C-H gold.com slash g-e-r-r-y all right i i was saving this because i mean i got all these idiotic things on my list like deshaun jackson and stephen jackson and uh, don lemon we haven't got to don lemon yet which is amazing but uh shannon sharp is on with uh, skip bayless you know both guys make like millions but i'm not entirely sure who's watching you ever ever look at that on twitter or you know see it on social media and say who's watching that show Uh, I think I remember reading when this whole thing was going down with kind of Golick and Greenberg and everything like that. I think get up had like 135,000 viewers and they were number one in the morning for it. And Fox sports won this. This is their competitor, I believe. Right. Undisputed. I think. Yes. and it, you know, it was like 70, or maybe it was even less than 70. And I was talking, we've been talking about Marcellus Wiley, the bravest man in America. That's his network. He's on Fox Sports 1. And I see them mostly, you know, you see clips on social media and you check it out. And that clip from Wiley went viral. He is a brave man. He condemned Black Lives Matter. That took guts. Um, Shannon Sharp and, and, uh, and Skip Bayless were talking about the Deshaun Jackson comments. And by the way, they were talking about Black Lives Matter. And I've never seen a guy with more fear in his voice or heard a guy with more fear in his voice than uh, Skip Bayless talking about this. He was just afraid of saying the wrong thing. Shannon Sharp has no such fear. Shannon Sharp compares, and we can play it, in defending Deshaun Jackson's comments where Deshaun Jackson (laughs) quotes Hitler and says the Jews are trying to control the world. He compares that to Bob Kraft and Jerry Jones supporting Trump. So Deshaun Jackson could support, you know, Hitler and Farrakhan, no different than uh, Jerry Jones and Bob Kraft supporting Donald J. Trump. But Skip, we're going to have to be careful because we ask black people to disavow a lot of people. You remember when President Obama was running for office, he had to disavow Reverend Wright. He has to disavow. Whites never have to disavow. No, I agree. They stand I, I, in lockstep and barrel. Jerry Jones, Mr. Kraft, stand lockstep and barrel with Donald Trump, and nobody has asked them to disavow them. But when it comes to black people, mm-hmm. and we know what President Trump is saying, I agree. we know what he's done, mm-hmm. but nobody's asked. He stands up there, good people on both sides. But the moment they black, now, Skip, where is I guy? Because you know in situations when whites say something bad in the NFL, they get Tony Jungie. Mr. Tony, he'll clean up everything. Where's our guy? Where's the person that we have if a black slips up that's in the Jewish community mm-hmm. that can come to our defense? Mm. Like they send Tony Dungy out there to go to everybody else's defense. Mm. I'm not excusing. As I told DJ, he DA. He was dead ass wrong for what he said. Okay. And what he, no, what, not what he said, what he tweeted. Because it's basically like he's saying, because if you retweet something from your, uh, from yours, is you saying it, you co-signing yep. it. I said, come on, DJ. You got to be better. You got to be smarter than this. I said, because there's a lot of people that don't believe in the movement. They're trying to sabotage the movement. Don't you sabotage it from within. Mm. That's a great point. <laughs> it's a great yeah. point. You, really, you realize that white people never have to disavow anyone. Uh, they never have to disavow. disavow. 
everybody. The, that was the whole thing. Did you disavow the KKA? Disavow, disavow, disavow. Have you disavowed this guy? Have you said that racism is bad? Have you said that Nazis are bad? Have you disavowed? What is he talking about? What planet is he living like, on? Like, like Trump never even met David Duke, doesn't know yeah. anything about, and he has to disavow David Duke. And uh, uh, Jeremiah Wright, was uh, Obama was in the church for 20 years. And Jeremiah Wright hates America. Obviously, he's a racist, anti-Semite. He said the chickens are coming home to roost after 9-11. A vile man. Uh, uh, it would be nice to know that the president or the potential president when he was running does not support Jeremiah Wright. Wouldn't it be? Isn't that kind of a, uh, a, a good question? Do you still support that lunatic? I mean, that racist? Uh he literally is talking about, I assume, about uh, Hitler and, uh, and Farrakhan there, right? Dishon, it was called Djax. Yes. Djax has to dis- disavow Hitler and, and Farrakhan. You know what? He shouldn't have to dis. Like, none of this should happen. As offensive as what Deshaun Jackson is, he's paid to catch a football. Nobody should care what he says outside of it. Nobody should care what any NFL player has to say about anything. And that's our problem. And we Obviously, we have to fight fire with fire. So you have to pretend to be just as outraged about what he said and, and demand that he be canceled and stuff like that too, if we're going to fight that way. But nobody should have to. In a perfect world, nobody should have to freaking apologize for anything. It's like your opinions, you're paid to catch a ball, shut up and play. But I do think uh, you should be uh, asked to explain. There should be a follow-up, like with um, Stephen Jackson, when he faced the questions like, what do you mean by that? What do you mean the Jews have a plan to dominate the world. I mean, would you really believe that? I, I think you should be, I think you should be available to explain it. Uh, if you want to apologize, go ahead. But the idea that, you know, no one, first of all, people do ask Bob Kraft and Jerry Jones to disavow the president. They do it all the time. Trump, uh, Brady, Tom Brady had to disavow the president. He had to literally stop supporting him and 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 turn his back on him that's what he did but the idea that the president's the same as <laughs> Hitler yeah, and the, owner the, the owner of the houston texans had to disavow his own comments when he said that uh what do you say bob and dare said that the inmates are running the asylum or something like that the prisoners are running the asylum it's a oh, common thing the prisoners and inmates he had to disavow himself but, but when you think about it the, you know deshaun um stephen jackson was an NBA player, correct? And, and you know the NBA, um, the NBA had to. Uh, I don't know if the NBA had to uh, comment on it. Or anyone from the NBA had to comment on it. But this is the same league where a play-by-play guy in Sacramento got fired for saying "All Lives Matter." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he said "All Lives Matter," and he no longer has a job. Uh, Stephen Jackson. I'm not sure if he's collecting uh, any checks from him. He's got a lot of gigs, I think. He's working for Showtime, and he's pretty active out there. But uh, we'll see if anyone in the NBA condemns Stephen Jackson. Two guys in the NFL have condemned Deshaun Jackson. Two guys, one of, one of whom is Jewish. Um, haven't heard from Julian Edelman yet. You know, hadn't heard from all the people uh, who were killing. Jew? Do you think he goes to the temple every Saturday? No, but he's proud of it. He, and whenever he's asked about it, he says he's proud of it. He's talked about, uh, didn't he have, um, um, he have something, something on his cleats, uh, like a Jewish symbol of some sort or a slogan or something on his cleats. He's talked about wanting to go to Israel. Yes, he doesn't. He's not like, you know, Kevin Euclid would never like talk about that kind of stuff. But Edelman does. I bet he'll say something. I bet, he, you know, when, if someone asks, he'll certainly condemn them. But the condemnation for Breeze was much, much louder and more uh, 
and more universal than there was for this guy. And maybe it's because Breeze is a bigger star, you know, just a bigger, bigger name. But all Breeze did was say, was say, you know, I would never kneel for the for the anthem because it, he it, it, because it's about disrespecting the troops. He said, and then they came back with, well, that's not what it's about. And then Colin Kaepernick literally came out on July fourth and said, right. no, that's exactly what it's about. It's about hating the country, which was funny because. Um, um, oh, someone says uh, Edelman just posted a uh, video. So we'll check out, see if Edelman is uh, condemning Deshaun Jackson. But you're right. All those guys like J.J. Watt look like fools on the 4th of July because they were saying, oh, no, Colin Kaepernick doesn't hate the country. No, no, no. And then on the 4th of July, Colin Kaepernick made them all look like idiots when he posted that statement, making it quite clear that he hates the country. That was one day before he signed the big deal with Disney. Uh, it, it, Colin Kaepernick can do anything. Can do anything. Is there anything? I love Colin Kaepernick, man. He's the best. <laughs> it's like, is there anything? Like, I'm sorry. If your protest is literally and gets you a Disney contract, your protest is whack. It is not cool. It's not edgy. Like Muhammad Ali did not get a contract from Disney. Those guys in the 1968 Olympics did not get a contract from Disney. You are a corporate stooge sellout and it's it's hilarious to watch this guy pretending he's impressed it's amazing you guys want to take a, a listen to edelman i haven't i haven't uh queued it up well i queued it up but i haven't listened to it yet you want to hear it live here sure, sure. let's listen to julian edelman i've been getting hit up by everyone asking me about this deshaun jackson post and i wanted to take some time before i responded because it's a complicated issue and i wanted to be thoughtful i wrote down some of my thinking I've seen Deshaun play in his career, make outstanding football plays. We've communicated over social media. I've got nothing but respect for his game. I know he said some ugly things, but I do see an opportunity to have a conversation. I'm proud of my Jewish heritage. And for me, it's not just about religion. It's about community and culture as well. I'm unusual because I didn't identify as Jewish until later in my life. Whenever I encountered hatred, it never really felt like it was aimed at me. It was only after I was part of this community that I learned how destructive hate is. Anti-Semitism is one of the oldest forms of hatred. It's rooted in ignorance and fear. I remember experiencing a little bit of this hate in 2011 when I was called a kike on the football field. There's no room for anti-Semitism in, in this world. Even though we're talking about anti-Semitism, I don't want to distract from how important the Black Lives Matter movement is. We need to stay behind it. I think the Black and Jewish communities have a lot of similarities. One unfortunate similarity is that they are both attacked by the ignorant and the hateful. It's really hard to see the challenge that the community can face when you're not part of it. So what we need to do is we need to listen, we need to learn, we need to act. We need to have those uncomfortable conversations if we're going to have real change. So to that end, Sham, let's do a deal. How about we go to D.C. and I take you to the Holocaust Museum and then you take me to the Museum of African American History and Culture. Afterwards, we grab some burgers and we have those uncomfortable conversations. 
That's what he posted on Twitter. Just that. Good ending. That, I like the ending. Now. That is excellent. I have to say that is excellent. Um, I didn't know. Had you guys ever heard that he was called that word on? Yeah, the, yeah that's going to say if we're going to be consistent, Jerry. If we're going to doubt Adam Jones, are we going to doubt that too? I'd like to ask him about it. I mean, I ask I'd like, who the player was. Who, who's the player that did that? Uh, I'd love to hear it. Love to hear it. Where it was, how it was, like here the moment. I mean. Um, I, I'd like to know more, and then I'll tell you whether I believe him or not. I, I, we certainly had Adam Jones had to explain himself and what he did, just like Tory Hunter when he explained himself. The whole thing, you know, became less and less believable. Yeah, you. And, I mean, you, you, you can question it, but that's a believable story that a football player on a field would just shit talk him and say something like that. That's so, true. I mean, yeah. God knows the N word. People talk about you know the N word, and I say I've never heard it. Like at the garden, I've never heard of Fenway either, but I said never heard of it at the garden except when I sat in the front row one time and Kevin Garnett was playing. I heard it from the beginning of the game to the end, all game. He was yelling it out. That's how many, that's the only time I've ever heard it. So, uh, I mean, I, if that's what we're talking about, just playground trash talk, maybe Edelman, you know, gave it right back to him and called him whatever he was. Who knows? I'd love to hear more, but that was pretty well said, wasn't it? That was good. You know, the part there where he had to throw in, like, you can, can't he just have his own moment? Can anti-Semitism have its own moment where it's like, this is bad without, without also qualifying with, and Black Lives Matter is still important. When's the last time Black Lives Matter came out with a statement and also said, and anti-Semitism is also bad? It's true. No, they come out and they say, we need to fight for a trans, queer, you know, rights, uh, you know, black rights. They come out with all these wacky fringe things. Uh, but, but Edelman sounded, uh, I don't know, was he looking at a script? Because it was very well said. And the yeah. idea, the idea, I mean, he, he's backed it up with a with a proposal, with a suggestion that they go to D.C. together and go to the Holocaust Museum and go to the, uh, the African-American Cultural Museum and then yeah, get burgers. That was the best part at the end when he did that. Because there, you know, then it's, you know, the ball's in Deshaun Jackson's court. And if Deshaun Jackson is, un, if he's taking heat, maybe at this point he is, uh, maybe he's going to get uh, sanctioned by the league or by the Eagles or by Jeff Lurie. Uh, maybe this is part of it. Instead of sensitivity training, you go to lunch with Juliet Edelman. And Juliet Edelman is a pretty damn good, uh, you know, big name. You know, he's a big, pretty big star. Never made the Pro Bowl, but he's a pretty big star and a pretty articulate guy. And maybe they can have a real conversation. Uh, maybe they could do it on Steven Jackson's podcast. Ooh, that'd be really invite Steve Jacks along with D Jacks and uh, Edelman could bring Mitchell Schwartz. What do you think of that? Dave Porter could join him too. <laughs> Alex. Alex Reamer. Yeah, bring out all Alex the Kansas Alex. people. Everybody Alex throw Reamer in there too. Yeah. Well, that's good. I like that. I don't know about you guys, but I think uh, that was well said by. I think he's going to take him up on. It. I mean that that would actually be a good thing if the two of them went to the, those two museums together. That would actually be cool. Wouldn't that be much better than going to sensitivity training as someone oh, who's done that a couple times? I could tell you, you don't really get much out of us. Sensitivity training is like, you know, math class when you're a kid, you're looking at the clock, just waiting for it to end. The Holocaust Museum is one of the most powerful experiences you can have when you go through. It takes like four hours. You can't take pictures in it. It's heavy, heavy shit going through there. Uh, I do. I, I do the one in Boston all the time. I go walk through there and look at the names and look at the, uh, you know, the stories. It's the one in Boston's pretty intense. And that's just a, a you know, 10, 15 minute walk through it, the outdoor one by Faneuil Hall. I'd like to go to the one in DC. I mean, it's, yeah. you're right. It's intense. There's not a lot of giggling and laughing and selfies. Uh, no pictures at all. You cannot take any pictures in there. 
Good, good. So, I'd like to go to, I mean, I, I don't know about you. I'd like to go to Auschwitz and Dachau and those, and, you know, places at some day too. Maybe, maybe Deshaun Jackson will take them up on it. It'll be a huge event and the two of them will, will go there together and you know, the NFL will make a big deal out of it probably and capitalize on it. But it, that sounds, sounds like a great idea from Jules. But uh, anyway, um, we, we'll let you uh, get the boat all fired up. I know you're uh, you do some drunk boating today on Winnipesaukee. There's always you know, accidents up there, so be careful. You know, the be careful. Lake. The big lake, though. Um, uh, speaking of accidents, speaking of uh, death, uh, I know some some podcasts are uh, are uh, having funerals today. I was, I was actually I was going to say that at the end of the show, I was going to thank well, you both for keeping it all together today. <laughs> I know today is a sad day for many people. Uh, and I, I have to be honest, I am torn. Glenn Ordway is a good friend of mine. I'm rooting for him. And uh, I like the guys. I like Lou and Christian, too. Uh, it was a absolute bloodbath yesterday when the spring book came out. Uh, the radio ratings, the radio, the ratings of my alma mater have never been lower. Uh, I mean, literally, uh, they just started out, what, 30 years ago. Maybe they were this low. They are historically bad. They they are getting killed by stations. I looked at the list oh, in, in adults, not, I mean, in 12-plus uh, ratings, just overall ratings. They're 16th. There are three or four stations that beat them that I've never heard of, and I was in radio for 25 years. I have never heard of some of these. They get killed by stations that are no are like the river, which is in, in Andover. They get killed by stations like in Brockton yeah. and Framingham. WRKO is a conservative talk radio. Destroyed them. In this market. Yeah. No, they, they WRKO, killed WRKO, which is on AM, which is, you know, for old yeah. folks, you know, I like it. But Jim Polito might have beat him in Worcester. WTAG probably got higher ratings. I wouldn't be surprised. I can show you. On the, you can find them. They're on, uh, they were tweeted out, but it is unbelievable how far they've fallen and uh it's hasn't been quite a year since it's almost a year since they gave me the boot i'm uh, i'm feeling bad for a couple guys there like i said like my friend big o but for the rest of them i i can't imagine uh them feeling like uh, they're gonna bounce back anytime soon you know what they're counting on the red Sox <laughs> baseball so yes that's gonna go great it's a very popular sport right now climbing yeah. you imagine though if, the, if there is no baseball and they don't have a season i mean what happens to that radio station i mean what's going to happen already but what if there is baseball who cares about baseball i know, I know you're right. it is it is amazing that the ceo had a choice when he merged when he bought cbs he had a choice to take a station that had the patriots the celtics that is and the bruins or take a station that had the red sox he chose the red sox he chose you know that this dying sport with this you know, this feeble play by play guy, and and they still think that people are are, are going to watch or tune in or listen. I can't. I the the one thing I'll say this I'll say this for them. This has to be rock bottom. I cannot believe how bad the numbers are. I can't believe how small the cum is. I can't believe how many stations have beaten them. I can't believe how irrelevant it feels. It can't get any worse. I don't think. Nope. I agree completely. But. Anyway, I got two kids here. They they're telling me they got they got to get changed. Okay, <laughs> go be a dad. Okay, go be a dad. I enjoy your, uh, enjoy your wei. But that'll take hours. We'll be here all day. Okay, <laughs> we'll, we'll 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 have another chance. I sure I'm sure we will. But uh, go uh, enjoy your day on the lake. 
Yes, All thank right. you, sir. Thank you for having me. Be careful, Turtle Boy. Uh, that is uh, Turtle Boy. He's on vacation. I don't think there's any new posts on TB Daily News, but there will be. He'll be back soon enough. No, we did the Turtle Riders a favor. He's on vacation, and we forced him to come in, so they got their they got their Turtle Boy content for the week. So that's good. Good, and he's always he's always up on things. He's always well informed. Uh, but uh, anyway, did you did you work at? Uh, I mean, I know you worked at Entercom. Is it, are you enjoying watching the uh, absolute downfall of anybody in particular, any person in particular? Obviously, oh, I enjoy I watching you know, the CEO and the GM. You know, they're, they're all. Uh, you, mean, you mean the company that sided with Alan Dershowitz? Yes, I'm, I'm enjoying. I mean, I'm not to your point. I'm not I'm not to your point with the Murchison stuff, but I, I definitely am enjoying the I just everybody I met there was idiots. I mean, it's a classic. I know I'm smarter than you situation, but uh but I hated everything about Entercom, every aspect of my of my state. Yeah, but you like—I mean, you like some of those guys, no. don't you? No. you like, no, no, you don't. Okay. No. I almost worked for I, OMF. I was hired to be. Well, they wanted—they offered me the job to produce uh, OMF. I haven't talked to—I uh, haven't talked to Howie yet, but he must be in his glory. He hates Entercom more than any, except for maybe Kirk. He hates Entercom more than anybody. Uh, my uh, my sometimes friend Kirk was like calling people in Entercom, calling the general manager Mark Hannon, just to you know. <laughs> congratulate him on 16th place. I don't think uh, Mark Hannon picked up, but um, Kirky is uh, in his glory and he should be. And uh, he, he is you know, streaming, he, streaming his funeral live on YouTube as we speak. So we'll certainly uh, have to pay our respects later today. Of course. Yes. Yeah, so I don't know if we're allowed to, you're allowed, you're still not allowed to have a funeral. You can have a march with a hundred thousand people, but you can't have a funeral or a, or a little league game. That's true. Massachusetts. Oh, so you can have 10 people. Maybe they can have all the EI listeners show up. That'd be like 10 people, right? Yeah, that, that could be it. I mean, it's it's a classy move by Kirk to follow all the rules of the pandemic while, <laughs> the pandemic, while this is going on. It's a classy move to be streaming it. That's, Are they wearing masks? Are they wearing gloves? They I wearing don't gloves? see masks, but there's only three in a room. So I think they're I think they're in the clear. I think they're doing yeah. everything by the book. So. All right. Well, uh, congratulations to uh, to all those stations, all those, you know, whatever, 15 stations that beat them. Uh, that was historic. And uh couldn't have to a nicer bunch, at least the management team. Couldn't have to a nicer bunch. The owner, the CEO, uh, congratulations, guys. Yep. Uh, wonderful job of destroying a once great radio station. But anyway, thanks to uh, Turtle Boy and thanks to Shea Concrete and Allied Paving and thanks to DCU and thanks to you, Cullen A. We will, uh, I don't know if we're, we're uh, going to have a good bonus Friday podcast or not. I got a couple of calls in. I, but- I was going for the big guy. I was going for the, for the, uh, for the president of the United States before New Hampshire. And uh, it's still not a no. It's, it could happen at any time. Oh, really? Point. It's not a no. It's it's what, what, where do they leave it at when you say you know, know. hold on let me see it's uh my wife thought it was pretty funny because she she opened my phone and the first thing she saw was an email saying I will let you know uh, if the president can be available uh, from the office of the White House is that our friend Tim Tim Murtaugh is that yeah. who you're dealing with a different contact a little a different contact but that's how I yeah the campaign gave me a direct contact so we'll see well, I'm, ready. I'm ready when he is put it that way you know we've conver- would converse before we interviewed him uh, four years ago I sir- I said hello at the White House he said hello to me thanked me for my support so many many uh, have said that he was really talking to Jerry Thornton but we'll, we'll no nobody has said that nobody not even uh, you know the crafts confirmed they're the ones that told him all about me and he thanked me and he said Jerry with a G that's what he said there you go but anyway, we're working on that. We'll let you know if we come up with something, come up with a uh, bonus Friday podcast. But uh, 
Uh, thanks to everybody for listening. Thanks for all the, uh, the ratings and the reviews on iTunes. We appreciate it. I'm Jerry Callahan. This is the Callahan Podcast. We will talk to you again soon. Why am I stopping? No one else stops. I don't. I, can I go home? The Jerry Callahan Podcast.